With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Uh, my name is John Veldheis, senior writer for BadgerBlitz.com. Joined once again uh, by John McNamara, the publisher of BadgerBlitz.com. How are you doing tonight, John? Uh, doing real well. All right. Well, uh, why don't we just uh, kind of dive into it again? Uh, Badgers wrapped up a uh, relatively not wasn't easy at first, but uh, if you look at the final box score, it, uh, it looked a little bit uh, like a bigger win than I think uh, fans probably thought it was going to be at halftime. Badgers wrapped up a uh, forty-five point. Uh, uh, I think what was it? Forty-five fourteen. It, it was. It's so long ago. I've moved on to BYU. I've already kind of uh, moved on from that score, but uh, Badgers really kind of turned it around after uh, after halftime took a couple series to really get some momentum had some turnovers that uh, snuffed out some some promising offensive drives um, I, I guess my my big question for you John is um, you know do you think people uh, is it reasonable for for you know the average watcher to be a little bit concerned about some of these slow starts on offense for the Badgers or have we seen I mean we've seen other teams start slow in the non-conference season before and They've they've turned out uh, to put out some some pretty darn good seasons in the in the past. So I guess like how how legitimate is it for people to be concerned about some of these slow starts uh, on the offensive side of the ball, like what we've seen um, from the Badgers in their games against Western Kentucky and then uh, last week against New Mexico. Yeah, you know, I I personally don't think it's it's too much of a concern. I think the people that you know follow the team, I guess, in the media would would probably agree. Um, I guess from a fan's point of view, you know, especially with with the non-conference slate that they have this year, I think they expect Wisconsin to, uh, you know, to go out and dominate from start to finish. But you know, if you look at you know just the world of college football, I don't know how realistic that is. Um, you know, specifically with Wisconsin too. I mean, last year they got off to some slow starts, but I think you know what Wisconsin does really well, and you know this is you know give credit to the coordinators Jim Leonard and. And uh, Joe Rudolph, they, you know, they make really good halftime adjustments where, you know, I think they take in what happened in the first half, and, you know, they make the proper adjustments, and you've seen some huge second halves from Wisconsin. So, um, you know, I don't think it's it's that concerning. Um, but I guess from a fan's perspective, you know, they expect, you know, Wisconsin, you know, the number four team uh, in the country to start the season to maybe blow these teams off from start to finish. I just, I just don't think that's realistic. And I also don't think it's too much of a concern. Yeah. I think there are parts, uh, of those performances that you can kind of dig in a little bit and, uh, and, you know, see some, I don't know if, uh, if concern is the right word, but the things that, the, that if the Badgers are going to have the season that I think they, they want to, and that people expect from them, they're, they're going to have to turn around and the, you know the um, the one that jumps out right away, obviously, is uh, the the fumbling uh, with uh, with Jonathan Taylor. He had another one, another lost fumble this week against New Mexico. So that's two lost fumbles in two games this season. Um, that that's definitely something that 
if you want to zero in on that and say that that's a concern, I think I, I, I would have a much harder time um, arguing about that just because, you know, it, all of these games are so different. You know, the, 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 the luck, I think, good and bad um, kind of affects, you know, football in, in a way where, you know, you can have a really pom- promising drive where you're moving the ball down the field and then, you know, something just happens where, you know, a tipped ball, you know, from that comes out of Alex Hornibrook's hand, you know, just winds up in the hand of a defender um, and uh, that kind of snuffs things out. I mean, so I, I think the – it depends on what you're, on what you're looking at. And I, I'm, I guess – you know, as it relates to that that fumbling issue, I'm I'm curious to see you know just how um, Jonathan Taylor is able to address this moving forward because you know for for a guy that's so talented and you know has the ability to make these these really explosive plays uh, when you're giving him that many carries, I, I feel like you know unless the fumbling turns around, it's going to be hard to justify giving him you know, those, you know, mid high twenties to like, even the, we saw him get into the low thirties as far as carries go um, in that last game. And I mean, like, I guess the, the way that uh, somebody put it to me or what I heard is that, you know, the, Taylor has the, the explosiveness to make up for, you know, losing the ball once in a while, but uh, man, it, it really seems like, you know, that's something that needs to get cleaned up um, because the especially when the Badgers go into their tough, tougher road games and you know, even a game against, I think, an improved BYU team this weekend, um, that's uh, that's not something you can afford to do you know, at the rate that uh, the, the Badgers have seen so far this season. Yeah, and, you know, speaking of Jonathan Taylor, um, you know, it's with his fumbling spells, I guess, in the last two weeks, you know, obviously he's lost one in each game to start the season. Uh, you know, it kind of reminded me of what, what Bo Ryan said, you know, years ago in a press conference when he was asked about his team's, you know, free throw percentage. He said, you know, you know, what do you want me to do to scream at the guys to to have them shoot better? You know, I mean, they they know that they, they need to make their free throws. We practice it all the time. And you know, I think it's, you know, the, very much the same thing with Jonathan Taylor. He he knows that, you know, there's kind of a, a bullseye on him for for fumbling the football. I don't I don't think he's doing it on purpose. I I, I just think it's right. It's something that happens. So I don't. I don't know what the coaches can do differently. You know, I'm not sure what Jonathan Taylor can do differently, other than you know, protect the ball better and have it high and up tight. If you listen to running backs talk about, you know, what they should do at, at Wisconsin when they when they have the football. So, you know, at the same time, you know, you you kind of have to take the good with the bad because he had 250 yards rushing and three touchdowns against uh, New Mexico. So it's it's not a case where you can you know prove a point to him by sitting them on the bench for the duration of the game he's just he's just too explosive like you talked about so um you know it'll be interesting to see if if during you know big 10 conference player or even against BYU which will be Wisconsin's toughest non-conference game if you know a, a second half fumble or a second half turnover by by Jonathan Taylor uh you know kind of swings momentum in favor of of the opposition so um, it's it, it's certainly something to keep an eye on because it's kind of the one chink in his armor right now uh, because he, he looks pretty good in every other facet of the game. Yeah, and I think that, that was something that I was um, talking with um, with some other uh, writers up in the up in the press box during that game is you know the the big question was when after that last fumble, which I, I believe was in um, like early in the second quarter, uh, maybe a series or two in there. Um, you know, when did when was Jonathan Taylor going to get another carry? And you know I think I we 
in the past have seen some coaches and some coaching staffs where, you know, it's kind of like what you're talking about, like to make a point after a fumble, you know, they'll, they'll have the, the running back kind of ride the bench for a little while and, uh, and miss out on some of those carries. And you know, that, I, that was my question is, you know, this is, it's the second week in a row where that's happened. Like how do, how do the Badgers respond? Like what, what is, what do they do, you know, after that, as far as the, uh, the, the the play the, the playing time and the snaps went and uh taiwan deal came in for i, I believe it's only two or three plays or carries after on wisconsin's next offensive series after that and then jonathan taylor was right back in there and so yeah, i think that kind of ties into you know what you were talking about with bo ryan i mean paul christ after the game uh, on saturday said that you know with with the fumbles or you know kind of last year with alex hornbrook's um interceptions when he was you know having a, a couple of those that flared up I mean, the coaching staff knows that you know these guys aren't going out there you know and on you know the particular rep they're like all right i'm gonna go you know put the ball on the ground here and so i think you know putting jonathan taylor back out there so early you know after losing that fumble really shows that i, I think the badgers you know they i think there's a a mentality to it where you know, he's not going to get better at ball security just sitting on the bench. Like, you might as well put him out there and get him some more reps carrying the ball uh, to you know, get him some more actual practice in games uh, to, you know, to really emphasize the uh, the ball security. And I, and to his credit, I don't think that that, you know, I, I think after losing another fumble, you, you could have seen some running backs get a little tentative and, you know, maybe change how they run um, to – to really make sure that they protect the ball and they don't lose it again. Um, but I, I don't think Jonathan Taylor was you know, overcorrected in that area. He he looked a little bit like he was you know, really trying to emphasize the the um, the ball security after losing that fumble. But he still did most of his damage um, after uh, after his fumble in the first half, and uh, really the Badgers really kind of poured it on from there. So I thought it was, that was definitely an interesting response from them after his uh, you know losing his second fumble in two games. Yeah, so you know, like I said, moving forward, you know, something tells me he gets it cleaned up. I, 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 I think that as the season progresses, this isn't going to be as much of a storyline. I think there's just not a whole lot else to talk about. So you know, this has been publicized quite a bit. Um, I, I, I do think that it's something that he cleans up. Uh, so you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we're talking about another couple of weeks, but I just feel like it's something. You know, Jonathan Taylor's a smart kid. I, I feel like it's something that he's. He'll make it a point to to perfect. So, you know, that's my prediction on the road. I feel like we won't be talking about this in a handful of weeks. <laughs> I'm sure the Badgers would be glad to, uh, to have that. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. I guess, but the the other big storyline, or one of them, um, going into the the BYU game this week, as we kind of you know change focus and um, take a look at the Cougars a little bit, is that the Badgers are going to be getting uh, Danny Davis back and available for this game after he served his uh, his two game suspension and. Uh, I guess I'm interested to see how the uh, how the the playing time shakes out between him and uh, Kendrick Pryor and AJ Taylor, just because um, it's not necessarily it's not the same situation as a player coming back from an injury because Davis has been suspended but he's been able to practice. He just you know obviously hasn't been getting a ton of work in these practices during the the, the portions where the Badgers really emphasize their. Uh, you know, their game prep and their planning and, you know, working against the scout teams and stuff. Uh, so David, it's not like Davis is going to be thrown in there, you know, cold necessarily. He's got some work in, uh, and I guess I'm curious to see what the breakdown is and what, what he can really bring to uh, a Wisconsin offense that, uh, you know, really could use, I think, another playmaker in that, in that group. Cause they've, I think they've been efficient, but they're just kind of looking for more of those, um, 
more of those explosive plays. And I think Davis definitely showed last year in his true freshman season that he's a guy that can make those big plays uh, when he gets the opportunity to. Yeah, I would agree. I thought he had a great fall camp. Um, I, I, you know, I think Danny Davis, like you talked about, John, he, he's a playmaker and he's explosive. And, you know, it, it, for as well as A.J. Taylor, you know, played against New Mexico, I, I think A.J. Taylor's a great player. I think I think Danny Davis is, is you know, has the potential to even be a bigger playmaking threat or even a home run threat. I, I think that, you know, we saw him as a true freshman last year and, you know, not a true freshman who, uh, you know, had a spring ca- uh, camp under his belt. You know, he, he came in the summer and uh, he made an impact right away, like I said, as a true freshman. So, uh, you know, having a summer, you know, having an off season and having a fall camp, I, you know, I thought that, uh, he would kind of, you know, burst out of the gates. Now, if he can put this, you know, two-game suspension behind him, again, I, I think he's as talented as any wide receiver on that roster. And I, I do think he's in line for a big sophomore season. Um, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see how many, how many reps he gets. I don't see any reason, you know, to limit him. You know, he's not injured. I think he's ready to go. He's got fresh legs. So I think you see a lot of him, and I, I think he's going to be an impact player right away for Wisconsin. I think he's got something to prove. I think he's itching to go. So I, I think Danny Davis is going to be a huge addition because of the things you talked about. He's he's a playmaker and he's an explosive, and he, he catches a lot of balls. He's got great hands. So um, I expect to see a lot from him right away. Yeah, and I think from a, from a usage standpoint, I'm kind of anticipating that the Badgers will put him um, – on the the outside of their offense a little bit more often, and then uh, maybe uh, you bump uh, AJ Taylor over into the into the slot if they're going to do a, a three wide receiver set or something like that. I think Taylor, between last year and this year, has the most experience of their their current group of receivers playing um, closer to the line of scrimmage. You know, just uh, from a, from an experience standpoint, I think that's uh, that's kind of how the Badgers will kind of shake things up there. But uh, Davis, I think, has you know proved that uh, he's a, he's a vertical threat, and you know with him and uh, and Kendrick Pryor on the outside, uh, that's uh, that could be a, an interesting you know kind of one-two uh, combination for the Badgers to use against this uh, this BYU defense, which has you know they're returning quite a few players from from last year's team, um, and I guess the, most of their turnover. Um, Personnel-wise, and then um, from a coaching staff perspective, has uh, come on the offensive side of the ball. But the Badgers certainly seem to be anticipating a, a really physical game uh, against the Cougars. It, it, in talking to some of the guys this week, it, it seems as though this is a, a team that reminds them of uh, some of their kind of uh, traditional or classic Big Ten, you know, teams that they'll play every year. Like they're this is a team that uh, you know they. they they don't seem to do anything uh, crazy or out of the ordinary. Like they have their schemes and they're just going to you know, kind of line up and play football. And in that sense, I think that that's why this game will be an interesting barometer for um, the Badgers as they kind of transition from their non-conference season into, into big 10 play. And obviously you know, they'll have a really interesting game against Iowa coming up the following week. And so in that sense, um, you know, just how the Badgers perform against BYU, I think really could, you know, give us an idea of what to expect for when you know the calendar really turns to conference play. I don't know how you feel about that, though, John. Yeah, I think this is probably their best litmus test of the non-conference slate. Um, you know, this is a better BYU team than they played last year. Um, you know, even, I don't think that team was terrible either. Wisconsin was just so sharp last year. Um, you know, thinking back to that game, I, you know, Hornerbrook was you know, he was like eighteen for nineteen or something like yeah, that, and he, he had the dead. one in in, in completion. <laughs> Yeah, I had four. I think he had four touchdown passes too. So they were just sharp uh, in Provo last year. Um, 
you know, BYU last year played without, uh, you know, quarterback Tanner Mangum, and he's he's going to play on Saturday. I think that gives them a boost there. Um, so I, I think it's a better team, but, uh, you know, I think in the end Wisconsin, you know, wins pretty comfortably down the stretch. But I think it'll be a, a more so a four-quarter game in comparison to the last two uh, contests that they played against Western Kentucky and New Mexico. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's probably what the Badgers more of expected when they, they scheduled these uh, this series with BYU all those years ago. I mean, last year, I know that uh, that I think that was something that kind of worked into um, or that played against them in the the narrative where their you know their their schedule was uh, softer compared to some of the other teams that were uh, competing for a, a college football playoff bid. And I think losing the the BYU game as a quality win really kind of um, you know, hampered them or held them back a little bit. It's not obviously it's not really relevant to this season, but uh, you know, if, if the the Badgers can you know beat this uh, this BYU team, play well, and you know maybe see a little bit of a rebound from the Cougars, that that could help a little bit as they you know, look to build a bit of a resume and uh, you know compete to uh, you know kind of stay in that hunt as a, a contender for a, for a playoff bid. Now, I think that they're. Um, Big Ten conference schedule does them a few more favors from a strength of schedule standpoint, just because they have a good couple of road games that uh, I think they could point to uh, this season. You know, from a, a, a difficulty standpoint, and you know, having that Iowa game next week moved uh, to uh, to prime time or, or set in prime time, I think adds to that a little bit. But I I I think that's the most interesting thing that I'm uh, going to be keeping an eye on this week is just how do the Badgers handle you know uh, this kind of step up in competition um and you know with with and from a defensive standpoint i want to see how you know this new look defense is able to um kind of go after the quarterback and attack a little bit more just because from an offensive standpoint i think they will they will have uh more chances to do that since byu will probably do a little bit more drop back passing than uh um, western kentucky or new mexico did just because their offenses it didn't really allow the Badgers to really kind of tee up a pass rush and get after them. Yeah, you know, if it'd be curious to see if there's a few more wrinkles that Jim Leonard puts out there. Um, I, you know, I think it'll depend on you know how the game is unfolding. Um, but you know, you like you talked, but I think Wisconsin should have some more opportunities um, in a more you know I don't want to say traditional, but uh, you know I guess in week one and week two is you know more of the shotgun, more fast paced, up tempo offense. So. Um, it'll be interesting, like you said, see if Wisconsin get in the backfield a little bit more often than the last two contests. Um, like I said before, I, I, I do think it's, you know, a, a better opponent. I, I think Wisconsin does. You know, I think they'll win by at least two touchdowns on Saturday. I think, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor, I think they'll have another big game. I think the offense is just too too much for BYU. I think, you know, something in the range of, you know, 31 to 10 or so. Yeah, so I think that would that be a thirty-one to ten. So you uh, would that be a cover or a, a push? Because I think they're I think it's a twenty-one point uh, twenty-one point spread this week. Oh, is it? I haven't looked at. it. I think they they just I don't think they covered last week, right? I think they're uh, just I don't think so. I think they're just a couple points shy. Yeah, well, we'll see. I think <laughs> I'm going thirty-one ten. We'll see what okay. happens. Yeah, I think uh, I think I would pick the Badgers to win, but not but uh, maybe not cover. Just a couple points points under that maybe an 18 point win somewhere in there but i do think it'll be a little bit more closer to that uh, kind of four quarter game um which again is good preparation if it plays out that way for playing some of those tougher games in the big 10 um but i guess before we uh, completely wrap up here today why don't we uh, dip into a little bit of uh, football recruiting obviously the badgers got a 
a big recruiting win um, last Saturday in addition to their win over uh, New Mexico. So why don't you uh, break down the, the news that the, the UW football team got uh, on the recruiting uh, front last week? Yeah, so a, a couple of weeks ago I got a chance to see Trey Wedig play. He's a four-star offensive tackle from Kettle Moraine. Um, so I saw him, you know, I think, two Fridays in a, ago. Uh, and you know, I got a chance to talk to him about recruiting. He's got a you know a handful of offers. Uh, he said you know Wisconsin and Notre Dame were on top for him. And then a week later, which was last you know Saturday, uh, he committed to Wisconsin. Um, maybe a little bit earlier than people expected. You know, I, I thought that eventually he he'd wind up at Wisconsin, but uh, he decided to end his recruitment pretty early in the process. So you know, that gives us the, the Badgers two kind of bookend in-state tackles with with Trey Wedig and, and Jack Nelson from Stoughton. So um, that 2020 class is off to a very good start. Uh, during that same week, another in-state prospect in the junior class was offered Ben Barton. Uh, you know, his his offers include Wisconsin and, and uh, Iowa right now. And, you know, there's schools like Notre Dame and Stanford sniffing around. I would imagine that uh, Ben Barton's another kid that adds a name to, the, to Wisconsin's class at some point. Um, he's, you know, he's be, being recruited as kind of a jumbo athlete, I've been told. He could play offensive tackle or defensive end. I think, you know, with two in-state tackles already committed and Wisconsin on a handful of other, uh, you know, national offensive linemen, I think Barton probably ends up at defensive end if he were to commit. Um, and then, you know, f- looking forward to this weekend, uh, the one official visitor that will be on campus is Josiah Miaman. Uh, he's a projected tight end from Illinois. Uh, he visited Ohio. I'm sorry. He visited Iowa last weekend officially. Like I said, he's visiting Wisconsin officially this weekend, and then we can expect a decision uh, likely between Iowa and Wisconsin. Uh, I think this is the first time that they'll get him on campus. He picked up an offer uh, this summer, so it'll be interesting to see if Wisconsin can kind of close some ground here. I think Iowa might be the favorite as of tonight. But, uh, you know, anything can happen on the official visit. And, you know, Wisconsin's been looking to add another tight end to this class to pair with Hayden Rucci. So um, Miaman would be would be a pretty good get at this point on the recruiting calendar for the Badgers. So uh, keep an eye on him. He's taking the official this weekend with a, with a decision expected uh, sometime, I guess, in the near future after after the Wisconsin officials. So, um, he, like I said, he'd be a big get for that 2019 class for the Badgers. You know, uh, Wedig is, um, you know, another one of those really highly ranked um, offensive line prospects that the Badgers have kind of sealed the deal with uh, over the last couple months or so. The other guy I'm thinking of is uh, Logan Brown, who's in the 2019 class, is I think one of the highest rated uh, recruits that the Badgers have uh, received a commitment from uh, maybe maybe all time, if I'm remembering correctly. I mean, do you think that uh, Wisconsin's recent success has – maybe uh, giving them a little bit of a boost with, you know, recruiting some of these really highly ranked, uh, you know, in-state and out-of-state offensive linemen? Or do you think that it's you're just kind of par, par for the course just because they've always had a reputation of, you know, producing really good college linemen? I, I guess the, I'm, my, my question for you is if you feel like anything has changed that allows – that has allowed them to, you know, really kind of hone in on some of these guys. And, you know, I know Wedig is uh, a bit of a different case just because he's an in-state prospect, but I'm curious to get your take on that too. Yeah. You know, I, I think offensive line and probably running back are two positions where Wisconsin feels like they can go anywhere in the country and, you know, go up against the top schools in the country for, for those players at those positions because they've had such a strong tradition at you know offensive line and and at running back so um you know i think 
you know, in maybe just the last handful of cycles, I mean, they truly have gone after the elite talent in the country. Whereas, you know, even kind of dating back to the Brett Bielma's era, you know, he would get his in-state kids and make sure that he landed the in-state kids where, you know, Wisconsin is not maybe forcing in-state offers, you know, not to say that they were in the past, but, you know, they, they're truly looking at it from a national perspective of saying, look, we want to target the absolute best offensive lineman in the country, regardless if, you know, if they're, you know, in our quote unquote familiar recruiting territories of, you know, Florida and Georgia and the East Coast and Texas and Ohio, you know, normal states that Wisconsin's been in. Now, you know, if you look at the 2020 class, they're in on a, you know, a kid from, from Colorado, Andrew Gentry. You know, he's one of the top kids in the country. And they're, you know, he's kind of just an example of, hey, you know, wherever you are, if you're one of the top, you know, offensive linemen in the country, we're going to find you. And I think they've done the same thing. Uh, in their pursuit of running backs as well. So, uh, you know, Wisconsin's name, when you bring it up to those, to those players, they they can reel off some names of guys that have had a lot of success in college and on the pros. So that, that certainly helps in your pursuit of guys uh, when, you, when you kind of have that national perspective. All right. Well, we'll have to wait and see how uh, the, the Badgers can kind of leverage that into uh, some of the other guys that they're pursuing both in this 2019 class and then again in 2020 and beyond. Uh, I think that'll that'll do it for us uh, on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast for this week. Uh, just want to again thank you for listening, and we will talk to you again next week before the Badgers open up conference play uh, with a road trip to Iowa. So thanks again for listening. We will talk to you next week.